say liberal today, we're not even we're not talking about the liberals that that were American liberalism. I mean, there's a reason why they say Nixon was the last liberal president, but it's because the policies really change and you end up with this sort of dystopian neoliberalism to where you wonder why anybody would ever want to be associated with liberalism in the first place. But in the U.S. at this time, you did have a society where people enjoyed, you know, political freedoms and also a lot of prosperity that you'd had widespread prosperity in the United States. Yes, you still had groups that were cut out of this and it was built on enormous amounts of exploitation and it was tremendously unequal, but it was still plausible to make a case for liberalism and capitalism at this point without being a, a complete liar. Uh, and, and so this is important to keep in mind. It's kind of hard to wrap our minds around today. Now, Ross, so Rostow, in the third world, you had Marxism, material, historical materialism, Marxism, that kind of po that, that posited a, a teleology, really, of, of the way that economies and civilization were going to develop. Okay, that you had all these exploitative systems and class conflicts over time. And really, the march of history is a bunch of class conflicts. And eventually, you have capitalism, which sweeps away feudalism. But capitalism creates these two classes of exploiters and the exploited. And eventually, uh, because the capitalists create this, this class that's exploited, they're going to eventually create the forces of their own demise, that they're creating their own grave diggers, as, Mar as Marx said, right? And then eventually, you would have this uh, move towards communism. Well. He, Rostow wanted a different teleology, and so he comes up with modernization theory, and this is like a liberal teleology. Okay, so there and there, it's it's funny to think about how Fukuyama kind of puts forward his own liber, neoliberal teleology, and it's even it's even more ridiculous than Rostow's. But Rostow's was that what the difference between America, you know, the, the and the third what we call the third world, you know, is I'll say third world a lot because it makes sense in this context. It was the first world is the the industrialized west, and then the second world is the communist bloc, and, and then the third world is formerly colonized countries, okay? So the rest besides yeah. the first I want to add world. a quick note on that because the way third world is sometimes used in the global north today, it is used in a kind of racist way. You know, you'll you'll hear people say Oh well, it's like we're from a third world country, or the U.S. is becoming a third world country, and and that's obviously racist. But in the original conception of first, second, and third world, it was actually Mao who, if he didn't create it, he helped popularize the concept. It was not in any way a racist concept. Sukarno, was, Sukarno especially was the third world guy. Yeah, and Mao frequently in his writings, you look that he constantly wrote about first, second, and third world that the first world was the imperial core. Of course, world systems theory comes later and Wallerstein and all of that. Today, what you could call the, the imperial core and the third world would be the periphery. And in world systems theory, the second world would be the semi-periphery or in the first Cold War, it would be you know the, the Soviet bloc countries, the socialist bloc countries allied with the Soviet Union. But I mean, it's not, it's not saying third world is not in any way racist. And in fact, there was a very strong third world nationalist movement of people who proudly use the term third world yeah and, right. it, and, it's and, used. and to me that the system is worse than the nomenclature like some people really do want to get hung up on that but like it, it like we know it, it's just a way to refer to what i want to refer to so most people probably are going to be okay with that but if you're not oh, sorry honestly third world is a better term because technically i mean i use global south because it's more accepted but if you look at a map of the third world countries, not all of them are in the Southern hemisphere. Yeah. A lot of them are, it's true, but not all of them. 
And then Australia is like, you know, Australia is technically part of the West, but it's also not in the West. And it's also in the South, even though it's part of the global North and the West. So these terms are not just geographical either. Yeah. And then you were referring to when it gets thrown around. One of the most insane times, of course, that comes to mind is after January 6th, all the pundits going, it's like we're a third world country. And well, the fact that it's, yeah. it's, sorry, the fact that it's used as an, as an insult when originally, and I, I don't know that this really was like the core meaning, but the idea was they tried to make, you know, the first world was created and then they gave it another shot. And we're going to, you know, uh, you're talking about teleology that that we're going to rebuild a third world and it's going to you know actually have the interests of the people in mind of of four or five billion people the majority of the people in the world rather than just those in the global atlantic north and the fact that it's been co-opted into being used as as sort of a I, I hate to say a slur but an insult for some kind of like chaotic lack of governance when uh, pretty much every single third world coup was, uh, of course, backed by the U.S., like uh, it's it goes beyond irony and, and goes to a very, you know, it, it's very representative of the way that those dreams were dashed again and again by by a very specific group of people um, exercising their their power over it. Yeah, when you get into I mean, the when you get into these areas it's also ironic there's deep irony and kind of really cynical business as well when you have kennedy assassinated one of the things that john mccloy says is like we need to show the world we're not like a banana republic which is ironic because people like him were like the people that were on the board of united fruit company you know which was and the cia backed them and the same sort of forces got rid of Kennedy. So, like, he was, he was wrong. We, what, we what kind of are. Is, we're ruled by the same people that rule the Banana Republic, which is corporate corporate interests. What, what they're saying really is, and this is the same with, like, January 6th and stuff, that rhetoric is the, the coups and the assassinations and the terror and the crimes against humanity and crimes against dem- democracy that we carry out around the world should be carried out in those countries, not in our countries. Yeah. In the periphery, not in the core. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire. 